0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Week 11
1: edition of Falato's Fantasy Corner here on Big Blue View Radio. I am your host, Nicholas Falato, and we are about to dive into some fantasy rankings, some fantasy statistics, and it's coming guys. The playoffs is right around the corner. Typically starts after the week 13 matchup. You roll into week 14, 15, 16 is the championship. Hopefully you do not play in week 17 because that would be abysmal. That is a waste because a lot of the great players may not play the full game in week 17. Although I am a big fan of two week matchups in the playoffs, but then you have to start your playoffs in week 13 and there are still bye weeks in week 13. So this year, It's a little tricky with that, but let's roll right into the quarterback position. And in my rankings, the quarterback position, I have Mr. Patrick Mahomes leading the charge at the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Obviously, you're going to be starting Pat Mahomes right now. He averages the third most points per game a quarterback behind Dak Prescott, who obviously only had a five-game sample size, and Kyler Murray, who we'll get into here in a little bit because Kyler Murray is playing out of his mind. Number two is Kyler Murray, who averages 29.3 fantasy points per game, which is ridiculous. The second most would be Dak Prescott, like I alluded to before, at 26.9, and then Patrick Mahomes at 26.5. Kyler Murray has the most fantasy points he's been playing out of his mind. The last three games, he averages 35 fantasy points in a four-point-per-passing touchdown league because everything that he does with his legs gets him so many more fantasy points. It gives you such a baseline, kind of like Lamar Jackson did last year. He has 234 rushing yards in the last three games. For reference, Dalvin Cook who has played some of the best football any running back has played in the last three games has 465 and Kyler Murray has four touchdowns on the ground at Dalvin Cook's five just in the last three games rushing that doesn't include his seven passing touchdowns and 888 passing yards Kyler Murray right now is making a strong case for MVP if Arizona can push into the playoff pitcher which is very realistic they play tonight now I'm recording this on Thursday by the time you guys are listening to this you already know what happens. So let's move on to Justin Herbert, who is my third quarterback versus the New York Jets. Justin Herbert has been playing really well. A little bit of a step back last week in Miami. Figured that it would happen through that dangerous pick towards the end of the game. And he didn't have that Justin Herbert blow-up 28-point game, but he still had over 20 fantasy points and 4-point passing touchdown leagues. And right now, Justin Herbert ranks 8th in fantasy point average per game, 23.8. Nine, just ahead of Aaron Rodgers, just behind Josh Allen. So if you got Justin Herbert off the free agent wire, you're very, very happy. And a lot of people did because not a lot of people were drafting Justin Herbert. Number four is Russell Wilson versus Arizona, who is struggling. By the time you hear this, you will be aware of what Russell Wilson is doing. So let's move on to my number five quarterback, and that is Ben Roethlisberger at Jacksonville. Now, Ben Roethlisberger has been playing really, really good football. Last week, the conditions in Cincinnati were absolutely horrendous. It was windy. It was Misty, but it was against the Bengals' defense. But now he gets to travel down to Jacksonville and play the Jaguars, who will allow the fourth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. So I'm talking about Deontay Johnson. I'm talking about Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, Juju Smith-Schuster. And even James Conner, I think, could be in for a good game. I think Pittsburgh can drop another 39 points on these guys. It's definitely within the realm of possibility. So that's why he is my quarterback five. Six would be Lamar Jackson versus Tennessee. Look, Tennessee Titans have not been great this year at stopping wide receivers outside. They've been actually terrible at stopping wide receivers outside. Tennessee's defense is not the Tennessee defense from last year. For wide receivers, they give up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers per game. Now, you look at the wide receivers of Baltimore, and you go, who exactly is scoring these points? Remember that guy, Marquise Brown, that they drafted last year in the first round out of Oklahoma? He's good, right? Hasn't done anything. Now, we got the Stefan Gilmore treatment on Sunday Night Football last week against New England. But this week, he could be in for a game. But if you have better options, <laughs> it's, you have a decision to make because how many times have you tried to talk yourself into Marquise Brown? Now, I'm not going to be talking much Marquise Brown in the wide receiver section. That's why I'm covering him now. But if you're in a three-wide receiver league, you're getting hit by bye weeks, you can look at Marquise Brown and you can say, okay, I know he hasn't done anything basically all year. It's been a huge disappointment. But this could be a week you could start him in three wide receiver leagues. Number seven, and let me just touch on Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson finally had a game north of 20 points. He just doesn't throw for that many yardage. We hope that he can. This game, I think Mark Andrews could be in for a very good game because Mark Andrews actually had some success against New England. And the rain and the wind and the nasty weather, which there shouldn't be much of this week, affected him. But, you know, he has a baseline because of his legs and Tennessee isn't the defense that we thought they were to reference good old a Green. Anyways, Deshaun Watson versus New England is my seven, I think, at home in better conditions. Cleveland last week was terrible conditions. Deshaun Watson can put up a lot of fantasy points against this New England defense, which isn't the New England defense of last year but it's still coached by Bill Belichick so I'm looking at Deshaun Watson Brandon Cooks Will Fuller Deshaun Watson's legs Duke Johnson out of the backfield who wasn't utilizing that role at all last week I think they could have solid fantasy outings so I have Deshaun Watson at seven eight Aaron Rodgers at Indianapolis Indianapolis has been incredibly good defense this year very good defense they rank in the bottom half of fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position but this is Aaron Rodgers now problem with Aaron Rodgers and one reason why he's a little bit lower although I have this person in my rankings Devontae Adams is injured he may not play you have to monitor that I still ranked him here but he hasn't practiced as of Thursday he didn't leave he the reporters did not see him on the field on Thursday now maybe a little bit later they will and I just got another update Joe Mixon is not practicing today either I have him in my rankings so I'm gonna have to adjust on that on the fly anyways Aaron Rodgers at Indianapolis you're gonna be starting him one quarterback leagues, two quarterback leagues. Number nine, Cam Newton I have in my top ten at Houston. Houston is terrible as a run defense, and that's going to benefit Cam Newton. It's going to benefit Damian Harris. Cam Newton, his arm isn't exactly there, but he's found a weapon that he trusts in Jacoby Myers, who's becoming a wide receiver too. Had success against Baltimore more than what we expected. So I have Cam Newton at nine. Ten, I have Matt Ryan At New Orleans, Matt Ryan's coming off of a bye week. Marshawn Lattimore's playing better football, but I don't know if that's still going to be good enough to stop someone like Julio Jones. And he may get Calvin Ridley back as well. So I kind of like what Matt Ryan could do. Matt Ryan had a stretch where he was playing atrocious football, but once Julio Jones came back, he stabilized. And right now he averages 19 fantasy points a game, and that's while scoring six fantasy points, seven fantasy points in some games four point touchdown leagues. So I like Matt Ryan in New Orleans. The one thing that I guess you can knock him is how are the Saints going to play their offense? I don't know if it's going to be as high-powered with Jameis Winston. They might want to take some off Jameis Winston's back. A lot of checkdowns, a lot of running the football, try to slow the game down. Anyways, if you have Matt Ryan, still going to roll with him. He's top 10 quarterback for me this week. Tua Tungabailoa at Denver. Tua's been coming out, and he's been balling. He's been playing really well. And we all kind of were like, why are they benching Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua? I mean, Ryan was playing really well in playoff contention. But they obviously had their ducks in a row. They knew what they were doing. And Tua didn't have to do anything in his first game, if you remember. Then in Arizona, he went pound for pound, punch for punch with Kyler Murray. And then last week, he had another solid outing. So now he gets to go to Denver, a team whose defense is not that great. Derek Carr didn't have to do anything because they ran the ball on him. But I still think Tua is going to have success with his legs. I still think he's going to have success with his arms. And I think this could be a solid outing for him. So I have him at 11. Tom Brady versus the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football is 12. He has his complemental weapons. Someone's probably going to get eliminated by Jalen Ramsey. And probably not targeted because Tom Brady doesn't force the ball into places that they don't need to go. So I'm imagining it's probably going to be Mike Evans. sees a lot of Jalen Ramsey. Chris Godwin plays in the slot. It's going to be Rob Gronkowski over in the middle of the field. Still have Antonio Brown if he plays because there is – Shocker. I know. Legal issues going on with Antonio Brown right now. I think he's going to play in this game, but that's not a certainty. <laughs> what? Two weeks with the Bucks, and something comes out of the woodwork, of course. Oh, man, the guy can't stay away from it. Then 13, I have Joe Burrow at Washington. Look, Joe Burrow throws the football more than anybody in the league. So if you're in those weird leagues that give .5 points for a completion or .2 points for a completion. Someone like Joe Burrow against Washington's defense, especially with that pass rush, could be good because there's going to be a lot of throwing in the short area of the field. There's going to be a lot of screens. There's going to be a lot of things along those lines, a lot of quick slants to A.J. Green, to T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd's going to be uber-targeted. And I know Washington isn't typically a team that surrenders a lot of fantasy points to the wide receiver position, but since they were actually ranked dead last, but since... That's more of a product, I should say, of also their offense being so bad that teams are just running the football on them in the fourth quarter because they are always trailing. But since the Bengals' defense is also bad, and since Joe Burrow loves to throw the football and they rely on him and they can't really get the ground game going and Washington's defensive front is pretty solid, Cincinnati's offensive line is not. I think there's going to be a lot of passing. So I have Joe Burrow at 13, 14, Derek Carr versus Kansas City. We saw Derek Carr put up more than 20 fantasy points against Kansas City at Arrowhead earlier in the season. Now, I don't necessarily know if they're going to go pound for pound here. Patrick Mahomes has struggled with Paul Gunther's defense. I don't think he's going to this time because he's Patrick freaking Mahomes. Could lead to more Derek Carr throwing the football. But I think early in the game, they're going to try to establish the run and do what they did in the first matchup, which was a lot of Josh Jacobs. So I have him at 14, 15. I have Carson Wentz at Cleveland. Look, Carson Wentz is erratic right now. But he's still Carson Wentz. He still could have a rushing touchdown. He still could throw for over 300 yards. Cleveland's pass defense outside of Denzel Ward, it's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. And Cleveland the last two games did really well against quarterbacks, but that was a product of really, really bad weather. So I think they can be had. And I think Carson Wentz can possibly find his groove when his back is pushed way up against the wall, which is something that he's done in the past. Not super high on him, but I have him at 15. 16, I have Jameis Winston versus Atlanta. Now, this one I'm not as confident in just because we haven't seen it. Jameis played a little bit after Drew Brees got hurt in the second half last game. And he looked a little rattled not from the sense of just getting hit, but just looked like he was a little bit overwhelmed, wasn't as comfortable in the offense. We know James Winston's history, turns the ball over, which is definitely something that people need to acknowledge because Sean Payton is not going to stand for that. And you may see some Taysom Hill. Now, if you're playing in an ESPN Fantasy League, Taysom Hill is eligible as a tight end. So that means you could pick him up and plug him into your tight end spot. And if you are one of those many teams that do not have a tight end, it could be a wise move. It could be a savvy move. You may want to look into doing that. So I have Jameis Winston at 16, but it does carry risk. 17, I have Matt Stafford, who's looking like he's going to play after suffering the thumb injury. Still monitor the situation. At Carolina, Carolina also has an injured quarterback and in Teddy Bridgewater. He's ranked 23rd for me, so we're not going to be going over him. But I think Matt Stafford and is going to find TJ Hawkinson who had a toe injury and he's more healthy this week. Doesn't seem like there's going to be any Kenny Galladay. Danny is coming back off concussion. He looks like he's probably going to play, but do not quote me on that either. Marvin Jones has definitely found his stride with Matt Stafford. Marvin Hall has been playing pretty well, too. So, I think Matt Stafford has 17 against Carolina should be a solid matchup, especially since he's been using guys like DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. and Swift's been playing really, really well in that role since they came out of the bye week. 18, I have Jared Goff at Tampa Bay. Very disappointing game against Seattle. Put up about 10 fantasy points in a smash matchup, and that's a problem that the Rams are going to have is when they're beating teams in the fourth quarter, they're just going to run the football. Sean McVay, every time he goes into halftime with a lead, he maintains that lead. One of the best coaches at doing that. I don't think he's lost ever going into halftime with a lead in the regular season. He's excellent at it because they run the football, they keep things simple, they have easy reads for Jared Goff, and he's really good in those situations. Now he gets to play Tampa Bay. It should be an exciting game, even though Tampa Bay has been really weird on Monday Night Football and in prime time. But Jared Goff, you're hoping, if he's going to be maximized, this also goes for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Tampa Bay is going to be able to put points on early to force Jared Goff to throw the football. And I guess that would be the, the concern, and that's why Jared Goff doesn't average that many fantasy points. That's why he doesn't throw for all that many yards because they love to run the football, and they have three running backs now. The Cam Akers may be coming along that can do so. Golf averages 16.6 fantasy points a year, which isn't great, but it's also a product of the football team being good, sadly, because, like I said, they run the football a lot. So that's kind of the story on golf. 19, I have Kirk Cousins versus Dallas. We saw him throw for two touchdowns to Adam Thielen in primetime Monday night football. And as much as they're going to run the football, I still think Kirk Cousins can have some success through the air. I'm not thrilled about it. I don't necessarily want to start him. I don't necessarily want to start anybody past, really, Derek Carr. I mean, Carson Wentz possibly, unless it's a two-quarterback league, obviously, or super flex. But I have Kirk Cousins at 19 because their corners are either injured or just terrible. And I know they've been really bad fitting the run this year, which should lead to a lot of Dalvin Cook. Then 20, I have Phillip Rivers versus Green Bay. Now, this is also kind of contingent on if Jair Alexander misses the game. It looks like he may play the game. But Rivers has been having a lot of success using his running backs out of the backfield. Rivers has an ascending young wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. Now, if Alexander sees Pittman Jr., I expect a lot of targets to go to T.Y. Hilton, Trey Burton, and some of their other receivers as well. So, that's Zach Pascal, Max Johnson, guys like that. That's why he comes in at 20. So if you guys want the rest of the rankings, please go to Big Blue View. And before I get into running backs, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our lovely sponsors here at SB Nation.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to Sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N $29.com.
1: All right, let's look at the running backs real quick. So Number one, Dalvin Cook versus Dallas. Dalvin Cook slowed down a little bit against Chicago. Him and Akeem Hicks, we all saw on Monday Night Football going back and forth. It was pretty interesting, to say the least. Chicago is a very, very good run defense. Dallas, not exactly. Not exactly whatsoever. Chicago allows one of the least amount of fantasy points to the running back position. And that's with some earlier games where they weren't as stout. Whereas Dallas... Is in the upper tier, the upper echelon for that. And we've seen Dallas just get gashed before. Been terrible fitting the run. But they also get gashed to the air, like I said. But Dalvin Cook has been playing very, very well. That's why he's number one. Now, number two, Alvin Kamara versus Atlanta. Atlanta is a defense that's been playing a lot better since Dan Quinn got fired. They really have. And ironically enough, Atlanta gives up the least amount of fantasy points to the running back position. But. There's a big butt here. (laughs) Alvin Kamara is also a receiver. The guy sees like nine, ten targets a game, catches almost every single one of them. His fantasy points just through receiving is enough to be like a low-end wide receiver one. It's insane. We saw him go off for three touchdowns last week. So he's two. Don't really need to give that much analysis on Alvin Kamara. Number three, I have Derek Henry at Baltimore. Baltimore without Calais Campbell, and it's not looking great for Calais Campbell this week with the calf injury, isn't as great, and they really aren't. We saw Damian Harris run the ball right down their throat. Baltimore typically is a team that has been really stout, but they give up fantasy points to the running back position. We've seen this Tennessee Titans passing attack struggle, and I think they're just going to run the rock on the road, try to establish their presence on the road against a tough team, but a defense that's been a little bit more giving. So I have Derrick Henry against Baltimore as my number three running back. He ranks fourth in the season in fantasy points per game with 16.8 in half-point PPR leagues. Alvin Cook ranks first tied, actually, with Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey has only played two and a half games. And Alvin Kamara is third on that list. So let's move on to the fourth guy. That's Nick Chubb versus Philly. We saw Nick Chubb go off for 160 yards last week would have had another touchdown if he did not go out of bounds at the one yard line to help seal the game it's the noble play they say but i'm sure fantasy players were frustrated with the fact that he broke off a 60 yard run and decided to run out of bounds at the one yard line stopping the clock he could have just took a knee if we're going to be real but he did not do that i have nick chubb at four hosting philadelphia and you know they're not going to want to throw that much with baker mayfield because he's baker mayfield So what are you going to do? You're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb. You're going to run the ball with Kareem Hunt. And you can run on Philly as the Giants approved last week with Wayne Gallman. Number five, Miles Sanders in that same game at Cleveland. Miles Sanders could have had a huge game last week against the Giants. The Giants are a good defense, but he could have had a huge game. But instead, it was Boston Scott that hit the 56-yard touchdown. It was Corey Clement at the one-yard line. That doesn't include the two drop passes Miles Sanders had and the tipped one by B.J. Hill. So Miles Sanders could be in for a really good game. Just be patient. He's, he's going to get his. All right, he got vultured twice last week. Six, I have Josh Jacobs versus Kansas City. They're going to try to slow the game down, give the ball to Josh Jacobs. We saw Josh Jacobs and Devonta Booker last week have really good fantasy games, and I expect another good fantasy game against Kansas City. The issue would be if Kansas City jumps out to an early lead and Josh Jacobs gets phased out. Now, they use Josh Jacobs a little bit as a receiver, but that's not his role. We know that's not his role. But right now, he averages 14.5 fantasy points per game. He used more than last year as a receiver, but that's, again, not his role. But I still think he could be in for a solid matchup here. You're not going to be benching. Seven, I have Aaron Jones at Indianapolis. and Indianapolis is a good defense. Good rush defense. DeForest Buckner is an absolute beast. Changed the identity of that defense. But Aaron Jones is really good. Now, Jamal Williams split time with him last week. Aaron Jones may not be getting 85% of the snap share like he was prior to the injury taking it easier on him, saving him for the playoffs. But even at Indianapolis, you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. You're going to have opportunity within the five-yard line, and there's going to be carries for Aaron Jones there. So if Aaron Jones can punch that in, he's going to have a great fantasy day. Aaron Jones right now ranks fifth in fantasy points per game at 16.3, but he's only played seven games. Number eight was Joe Mixon, but since Joe Mixon is not playing, Number eight is going to be DeAndre Swift at Carolina. And I'm just saying Joe Mixon isn't playing because he didn't practice on Thursday. Now, he could get a limited session on Friday and then possibly play, but that remains to be seen. You guys will know that by tomorrow. So next I would have DeAndre Swift, who has been playing well in the last two games as a running back, but he's also being used really well as a receiver. In the last, since the bye week, really, he's had three receptions or more. He's getting a lot of targets. At Jacksonville, he had over 26 fantasy points. Last week, he had over 23 with five catches for 68 yards. Just that week against Indiana- Indianapolis, I should say, he struggled. Couldn't get anything going on the ground because that's, a, like I said before, a really good rush defense. But Swift has been playing well. So I have Swift at a spot here. I guess you could say eight if Joe Mixon doesn't play, but just for the sake of it, going through the rankings so I don't confuse it, I'm going to say he's nine saying that Joe Mixon does play. But obviously, Giovanni Bernard, add the caveat now, is going to be bumped up if Mixon misses the game. I have Gio win these rankings. You can check that out on Big Blue View. Tana, you have James Conner at Jacksonville. Look, he's still getting carries. He's still getting the snap share. You see Benny Snell. You see Anthony McFarland. And it's very, very annoying. Early in that game, it was all James Conner. And then Ben, who has the ability to change his plays, make his own play calls, puts it on his back and says, I got this, and he's going up against Cincinnati. So what is he going to do? He's going to throw the football, especially with the weapons that he has to play with. Great weapons. But I think James Conner is going to get back in the end zone. It's been very disappointing, and I have him in a league, and I could start other running backs, but I'm still going to roll James Conner out there in a plus matchup where they're favored against Jacksonville, a team that does not have a good rush defense, a team that gives up the 10th most fantasy points to the running back position. Number 11, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, Thursday, he wasn't seen at practice. He was seen in the building, but he wasn't seen at practice. I do not know why. So have to monitor that. But if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is active, I have him at 11. I think they're going to run the football a little bit more, and I think he could get some of these early touches. I don't think it's going to be as big of a Le'Veon Bell is going to siphon all of your work, which it hasn't necessarily been like that. It's just you've seen Le'Veon Bell, but it's the same stuff they were doing earlier in the season. Clyde Edwards-Alaire in half-point leagues. Everyone's like, oh, he's such a huge bust. And I understand it. I do. Because the workload isn't as big as we hoped. And he hasn't been as dynamic as we hoped. But he still only has two games where he finished with single digits. He's been in double digits every other game. So he's a starting running back. He's so a running back two, not a running back one, like you drafted him. So from that standpoint, yeah, you could say bust. But he's somebody who still has value in fantasy football. I have him at 11-12. I have Mike Davis versus Detroit. Now, Mike Davis... The last three games, it's been very disappointing. Obviously, one of them had Christian McCaffrey, but he had a matchup last week. It was a tough one against Tampa Bay. It was a tough one. He struggled. Now he gets to Detroit and give up the most fantasy points to the running back position by a large margin. Detroit gives up forty-two point seven fantasy points per game to the running back position. The next worst is Houston, who gives up thirty-two point four. It's over a ten point difference. So if you have Mike Davis, I think you have to start him. You hope Mike Davis gets a little bit more carries. He's had like seven, eight, still getting the targets in the passing game. You want a little bit more than that, but if the game script goes their way, which it hasn't recently, then it may work that Mike Davis does. Now, Mike Davis's problem is Curtis Samuel, who I feel like is going to be in for a smash matchup. And a lot of people may not start him because he had like 2.7 fantasy points or something ridiculous last week. 13, I have Kareem Hunt versus Philadelphia. I already talked about Nick Chubb. I think it's still going to be a healthy dose of Kareem Hunt. He's going to be in there in the passing game. Third down. All those kind of things. Kareem Hunt is startable even with Nick Chubb healthy. May even be better. Which is crazy to think. But Kareem Hunt had a couple down games with no Nick Chubb. With Nick Chubb, it's been pretty solid. It's been very startable. They're running back too. And that's all you can ask for. 14, I have James Robinson versus Pittsburgh. He was on the injury report, so you have to monitor it. Like... I said last week Pittsburgh's defense hasn't been the same without Devin Bush, but since Vince Williams is now playing, he played last week, it's been a little bit better. Granted, that game was a little bit weird. They didn't need to run the football because Pittsburgh jumped out to an early lead against Cincinnati. But I still think James Robinson, the offense runs through him. It has to. So many checkdowns. Jake Luton's just going to check the ball down too, someone like James Robinson. and He's used a lot in the passing game. So he comes in at 14, where 15 is Ezekiel Elliott at Minnesota. Minnesota's defense is kind of coming around. Saw that against Chicago, but that's against Chicago. It's true. Chicago's not the best offense, obviously, for many different reasons, and they're by this week. Anyways, Ezekiel Elliott says his hamstring's still a little tender. He's going to play. Feels better than it did going into the Pittsburgh game. He played there. I think Tony Pollard's still going to maintain his role, and that's why Zeke, the talent that he is, should propel him to the top five. But on the offense that he's on, even with Andy Dalton coming back, I think Andy Dalton's going to be better than what we've seen, even though Gilbert wasn't terrible. But Danucci was pretty bad. I think Ezekiel Elliott is a startable asset still, obviously. It's just not, you have to temper your expectations when it comes to Zeke. He averages 12.3 fantasy points a game, played nine games, has 572 rushing yards, five touchdowns, which is not breaking it off like we'd like. But he's still using the passing game. He's 36 catches, 49 targets, has a touchdown receiving, 238 yards receiving. Not terrible. It's just when you put Tony Pollard in, the game you can kind of see a difference in explosiveness and Pollard does look more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott right now but Elliott is fine 16 Antonio Gibson for Cincinnati JD McKissick is also in this list but Antonio Gibson can have goal line work they don't vulture him with Peyton Barber JD McKissick got the goal line work last week which was very frustrating to be honest but that's typically Gibson's role we saw that earlier in the season and he hasn't done terrible with that And in the last three games, Gibson, who also gets some goal line work too. It's just not always. Gibson has 15.6 fantasy points is what he averages in the last three games. On the season, he averages 11.3, half-point PPR. Now he has, what, seven touchdowns this year, 436 rushing yards, 202 passing yards. You want that to go up more, but with J.D. there, Alex Smith's best buddy, it's not going to happen. But he's definitely a very startable asset this week versus Cincinnati. 17, I have Duke Johnson versus New England. Look, last week was a messy game. Duke Johnson was on the injury report, practiced on Thursday. He's going to play. The offense, the rushing attack runs through him. You just need A, good conditions. Granted, you can argue that the conditions last week should lead to more fantasy points for the running back. Deshaun Watson didn't check it down at all. They didn't run the ball effectively or efficiently against Cleveland coming out of the bye week. Now you get New England. Some worry there because New England's defense isn't great. It's not the New England defense of old, but it's still Bill Belichick. But my hope for Duke Johnson is he's going to be used at least somewhat in the passing game. It's something that Deshaun Watson never really has done in the past consistently is throw to the running back position. I think against New England, you're going to have to. So I think he's a startable asset. you got to just kind of ignore what happened last week. Just remember what he did two weeks ago when David Johnson got hurt. And he had a touchdown on the ground. And I have 18, Damian Harris at Houston. Love Damian Harris in this matchup. Love him. But he's down a little bit because the Patriots don't necessarily use him within the 20. They do sometimes, but it's not consistent. They put Rex Burkhead in there to vulture all the touchdowns. They have Cam Newton, who they use as a running back, all the time in that area of the field. Damian Harris is the back from the 20 to the 20. But when you're in those high valuable situations, man, between the five-yard line, it's not always Damian Harris. Damian Harris should have had a huge fantasy week last week, the way he was running against Baltimore. But instead, it was a, it was a solid fantasy week because he doesn't get the touchdowns. And that's the frustrating thing about Damian Harris. That's why he's at 18. 19, I have J.D. McKissick. Hey, might as well be a receiver. Guy gets double-digit targets. Had 15 targets. 14 targets. It's nuts. Alex Smith loves throwing the football to this guy. Against Cincinnati, they're going to do the same thing. So he comes in my top 20, and then to round off the top 20 is actually Kalen Bellage versus the New York Jets. Still going to be no Austin Eckler. Justin Jackson's on the IR. Josh Kelly has his role as the number two running back, and that's all he's going to be. Kalen Bellage has passed him on the depth chart. Tromaine Pope was active last week. A lot of people thought Tromaine Pope was going to be the running back to kind of seize the job, especially in passing work, but he was basically relegated just to special teams. And it was Kalen Bellage who received basically a three-down roll with Josh Kelly working in. And he gets the Jets. They're favored. Kalen Bellage another revenge game, just like last week, because it was a revenge game against the Dolphins. And he gets to play Adam Gase, somebody who may have held back his career. Now, I, I don't look at Kalen Bellage as a, an elite prospect or anything like that or really even a good one, but he's playing well for the Chargers, and they like him. So he's going to get the workload, and that's why he comes in my top 20. So if you guys want the rest of my running back rankings, please go to Big Blue View, and let's dive into some wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins is wide receiver one, and by the time you're listening to this, you're already going to know what he did, and he should be in for another great matchup. You saw what he did last week. Absolutely incredible. and You guys should know by the time you're listening to this what happened. Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver two against the Raiders. Now, you look at the Raiders right now, The majority of their defense seems to be on the COVID-19 list. Now, a lot of them will be eligible to play if they are negative. But even if their best players are out there, it's Tyree Kill coming off of a bye week against a secondary that isn't necessarily great. Now, they looked great last week, but that's because Drew Locke is terrible, abysmal, and not good at playing the sport of football in the National Football League. So Tyree Kill comes in at two. Three, Julio Jones at New Orleans. I alluded to the matchup with Marshawn Lattimore not being the best matchup because Lattimore is playing well, but it's Julio Jones, and I expect him to get the best of that. Matt Ryan loves throwing him. the ball to Julio Jones. Four is Devontae Adams. you got to monitor the injury. You have to. But if you have Devontae, you're starting him. Five, I have Tyler Lockett if he's healthy and active, but that is also a Thursday night football game. So then six, I have Keenan Allen versus the Jets. Definitely was a letdown against the Miami Dolphins last week but Keenan Allen gets the Jets and I expect this to be a bounce back game for the Los Angeles Chargers offense in general hosting a team who was by last week but has to travel to the West Coast and the Jets have not been really great at stopping anybody on the outside or in the slot so I think Keenan Allen could be in for a 15 target well maybe not that much just because the Jets are going to have to keep pace even though they seem to score the football on the New England Patriots last time we saw them But I don't believe Joe Flacco is going to go down there and just light it up or anything of that nature. But I expect Keenan Allen to still have a solid fantasy day. 7, DK Metcalf versus Arizona. Again, Thursday Night Football. 8, Terry McLaurin versus Cincinnati. Saw Terry McLaurin last week have a really good game against Detroit, and I expect this to be similar against Cincinnati, a team that was just burnt by the wide receiver position, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Deontay Johnson. So Terry, Scary Terry, whatever people like to call him, He's the one really reliable receiving option outside of J.D. McKissick out there. And J.D. McKissick, who they line up in the slot as well, is a big part of that offense because they love throwing to the slot. And Terry McLaurin lines up in the slot quite often. And on the season, he averages 10.9 fantasy points a game. Through the last three games, though, he averages 14.2, which is the fourth most of any wide receiver, just behind DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. So, gotta love yourself some Terry. And actually, five is Marvin Jones, which goes to show you how Marvin Jones has played in the last couple games. He's played very, very well for Detroit. Number nine is Michael Thomas versus Atlanta. Now, Michael Thomas have not seen the Michael Thomas that we saw in 2019 yet. He was injured in week one, came back, didn't do anything the last two games. This could be a game now against Jameis Winston, but it's against Atlanta, a pass defense that has been playing a little bit better, but... The skill set of Michael Thomas should overcome that. There's worry here because Jameis Winston is the quarterback, as I said before. But if you have Michael Thomas, man, not mention him. So I have Michael Thomas at nine, and then 10, I have Adam Thielen versus Dallas. Saw Adam Thielen go off on Monday Night Football. Two touchdowns. I expect him to get another touchdown here against a Dallas team that hasn't been great at slowing receivers down, especially number one receivers. And Trevon Diggs is out. They allow 40 fantasy points to the wide receiver position and there's really only two wide receivers that Minnesota throws to and that's Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Now, I expect Thielen to just be probably not going to have the most opportunity because they could jump to a lead and run the football. That's always a fear but I still like the potential of Adam Thielen. And 11, I have Deontay Johnson at Jacksonville. Deontay Johnson is just getting targeted so much and it There's just so many mouths to feed in this offense. It doesn't even matter because they're all being fed, which is excellent for anybody who owns any of these receivers and Big Ben specifically. Against Jacksonville, I think they're going to have a a hard time slowing down Deontay Johnson. 12, I have Calvin Ridley if he's healthy at New Orleans. Should avoid Marshawn Latimer and get the second option. Maybe be lined up a little bit against Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's a solid corner, but Calvin Ridley can win that matchup. And I think he could be in for a solid fantasy day coming back off the injury. 13, T. Higgins at Washington. Now, Washington, as I said before, gives the least amount of fantasy points to the wide receiver position. But I think in this game, with that defense, it could be sneaky high scoring, even though both offenses aren't as efficient as you would like. I think there could be scoring here, though. I think T. Higgins on the outside can take advantage of the cornerbacks of the Washington football team, despite what the statistics say. T. Higgins is among the Chase Claypools of the world, some of these other rookie wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, who have been playing excellent football. Just playing very, very well. So I look at T. Higgins, and he is my first wide receiver to choose from the Cincinnati Bengals. But there's another one I'll be talking about here shortly. 14, I have Juju Smith-Schuster at Jacksonville. Similar to Deontay Johnson, if you have Juju, you're going to play him. The fear when you're playing any of these guys is One of the other ones is going to get fed four touchdowns, like a Chase Claypool kind of game, like we saw earlier in the season. The other ones won't do as much. But Jacksonville has been terrible against the wide receiver position. They rank in the bottom 10, like I said. So I like the prospects of Juju. 15, Tyler Boyd at Washington. Similar to T. Higgins, only this time it's going to be in the slot. And Tyler Boyd, I think, is going to have a good game because I think Joe Burrow is going to throw the football 40-plus times. Quick, get the ball out of your hands because you have the likes of Montez Sweat and you have Chase Young, and you need to get rid of the football. So I think those quick slants, quick drags, quick spot concepts, then they're gonna come in with six, seven man protection and try to do deep passes to T. Higgins against a secondary whose stats say they're better than they actually are. So that's why I like both these receivers, and they both come in my top fifteen. Sixteen, I have AJ Brown at Baltimore. Now, Baltimore is a tough matchup. Jay Brown's a great receiver who dropped a 70-yard touchdown pass, what would have been a 70-yard touchdown pass in prime time. I expect him to bounce back somewhat. 17, I have Curtis Samuel versus Detroit. Already said, already alluded to it. I think he's going to get like five carries in this game. They love to use him in the backfield and the goal line. Detroit can't stop anybody back there. So if you have Curtis Samuel, you should be starting him. You really should. I know last week was disappointing, but you have to kind of overcome that. Samuel has been playing really well. And even with that really disappointing last week, he still averages 12.1 fantasy points per game that's by scoring like three fantasy points last week, bringing that down drastically. So keep that in mind. An 18-9, Brendan Cooks versus New England. Now, hopefully he can avoid Stephon Gilmore, and that will go to more of the Will Fuller, which is the projection, I guess you could say. But Brendan Cooks against his old team, I think with Sean Watson on the turf inside, I think this could be a higher-scoring game. In the sense that when Houston has the ball, they're going to try to score a lot. They're not going to run the football as much. They're going to put the game in Deshaun Watson's arm. I think New England will try to slow it down a little bit. But if Houston's successful early on, then New England's going to have to pass the football. I think Brandon Cooks could be an integral part of that. So that's why he's at 18, 19. I have Cooper Cup at Tampa Bay. Now, Josh Reynolds has been stepping up a lot here. And... The Rams have been moving in 11 personnel sometimes, getting Josh Reynolds on the field when they go to 12 personnel. Cooper Cup sits out sometimes, but I think in Tampa Bay, when they are in 11 personnel, I think Cooper Cup can exploit the slot. He's going to avoid Carlton Davis. He might get some Jamel Dean when they go into stack situations, and I think Cup can win that with his precise route running. So I have him at 19. 20 is Justin Jefferson versus Dallas. Already talked about Dallas's passing attack, and I think Justin Jefferson, who had a really good game on Monday Night Football, can have another really good game against Dallas. That's my top 20, just to run through the rest. 21 is Chris Godwin versus the Rams. 22 is Christian Kirk at Seattle. 23 is Chase Claypool at Jacksonville. 24 is Robert Woods at Tampa Bay. 25 is Jamison Crowder at the Chargers. 26 is Will Fuller, the fifth versus New England. 27 is Amari Cooper at Minnesota. 28 is Jacoby Myers at Houston. 29 is Mike Evans versus the Rams. 30 is Mike Williams versus the Jets. 31 is DJ Moore versus Detroit. And 32 is DJ Chalk. Versus Pittsburgh. Now let's run through the tight ends real quick before we get out of here. I'm always long winded. Just happens to be what happens here at the Palatos Fantasy Corner. Number one tight end, Travis Kelsey. Duh. Las Vegas Raiders, prime time television, owns the middle of the field, did well against the Raiders earlier in the season, and he's just been the most consistent player. You can even argue that he's the most valuable player in fantasy football because the tight end position is so putrid that you legit have like a 10 to 15 point boost of your roster when you have Travis Kelsey because a lot of other people are not getting 10 to 15 points out of that position so it just gives you so much of an edge having Travis Kelsey this season number two I have Mark Andrews versus Tennessee who's used a lot more against New England successfully now when you get in the red zone I think he can really take advantage of Tennessee's pass defense the middle of the field although their outside corners are not that great I think the skill set and the rapport that Andrews has with Lamar Jackson could overcome, I and mean, we could actually see a really good Mark Andrews game, something we haven't seen in a while. Number three, Darren Waller versus the Chiefs, and this is kind of the other most consistent tight end, I guess you could say, outside of Kelsey. The second most would be Darren Waller right now with George Kittle injured and Zach Ertz injured. Zach Ertz wasn't even playing well before that. But Darren Waller sees double-digit targets. The Raiders could be chasing points in the second half. And Darren Waller, passing game, runs through him. And a lot of those dink and dunk passes go to Waller, and hopefully that sets up some bigger bombs for guys like Ruggs or Nelson Aguilar. But Waller's going to get double-digit targets if this game script goes as planned. For TJ Hawkinson at Carolina, he had a down game last week. He was eliminated in a plus matchup, but his toe was injured, and I think that definitely affected his ability on the field when he was out there. They were trying to use him a lot on those out routes. They connected a couple times. Had a drop, I think. It might have got uh, deflected by the cornerback, though, at the same time. But I think Hawkinson at Carolina is a plus matchup, and if you have him, you have to start him. Five, Rob Gronkowski versus the Rams, similar to Hawkinson in the sense that if you have him, you are probably have to start him because there's not a lot of options out there. And the Rams give up about the ninth most fantasy points to the position. They average 14.2 fantasy points to that position. And you know Jalen Ramsey is going to eliminate an outside target, which should open up more targets for someone like Rob Gronkowski. Six is Noah Fant versus Miami. And it's kind of uh, crazy because Noah Fant has been very disappointing. He's had some good matchups, and he has not exploited them. But it's also because Drew Locke is his quarterback, and he's been dinged up and he's been injured against Miami. A very good defense. Could be a lot of quick passes. That's what I'm hoping for for someone like Fant. But temper your expectations for really anybody below Fant really anybody below Gronk if we're gonna be honest because Gronk who was playing really well could just disappear sometimes he only had two catches last week granted they went for 50 plus yards so I think you gotta temper your expectations basically for all the tight ends because that's just the nature of the tight end position but at seven I have Dallas Goddard at Cleveland I think he could be in and Austin Hooper at eight I'll talk about both of them they're in the same game I think they could both be in for better games Goddard's case When they were throwing to Goddard on those quick spacing routes, just get the ball out of Carson Wentz's hand, keep him in rhythm underneath, I think the offense moved better when they were doing that instead of Carson Wentz kind of rolling out and trying to extemporize and make something out of nothing, playing that hero ball, which he always tries to do, similar to Daniel Jones, if we're going to be real. So I think Goddard, I think they're going to need to design more plays for him. We saw Richard Rodgers kind of take advantage of a lot of two tight end sets. And when Goddard was injured, he came back in the game. They used him the boundary used Richard Rodgers to the field and he was having success I think Goddard could also do that same stuff that Richard Rodgers was doing and I think in the red zone they should design more plays with these big bodied guys Cleveland has been terrible against tight ends all year Cleveland has not done well they're definitely a matchup to exploit as is Philly brought that up on the podcast before so you look at Austin Hooper now he had one catch last week but that's because the game was so sloppy before that game and when the weather wasn't incredibly ridiculous because the game prior to that was also a really ridiculous weather game and then it was a bye week and then it was last week before that Austin Hooper was getting five catches every game he was getting targeted six, seven times when Odell Beckham got injured so I like Austin Hooper as well at versus Philly at eight nine I have Hunter Henry versus the Jets I don't really see a lot of juice with Hunter Henry but he's a big body Justin Herbert has a big arm, and he's someone they always target in the red zone, always target Hunter Henry. So he could be good for a touchdown against a team like the Jets that isn't a good defense, and they rank sixth in giving fantasy points up to to the tight end position. So that's why Henry is at nine, and then I have Eric Ebron at Jacksonville. Anybody can get fed there. We've seen it. Really anybody. Jacksonville hasn't necessarily been terrible against guarding the tight end position, but if you have Eric Ebron, you probably don't have... Much better options. There's the train right there as you guys hear it. And then 11, I have Jared Cook versus Atlanta. 12, Logan Thomas versus Cincinnati. 13, Hayden Hurst at New Orleans. 14, Trey Burton versus Green Bay. 15, Mike Kosicki at Denver. 16, Johnu Smith at Baltimore. 17, Robert Tunyon at Green Bay. 18, Dalton Schultz at Minnesota. 19, Irv Smith Jr. versus Dallas. And 20, Greg Olson on Thursday Night Football versus Era. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this edition of Philado's Fantasy Corner. Please rate, subscribe, review the big blue view podcast stream anywhere you get your podcast. I am your host, Nicholas Philado. This has been Philado's Fantasy Corner. You guys have a lovely day.